and welcome to the Aspire Hire podcast, your host, Dave Glazer. We provide personal trainers with simple solutions to build a business, master online training, and eventually open their own studio. Our goal is to share business systems, marketing tools, customer service strategies to help you build a business quickly so that it can be sustained long term. My guest is a true inspiration. Mark Jenko, black belt in jiu-jitsu, and I have known each other for a little while. He is a published author of a recent book called Inner Jiu-Jitsu, where he's combining philosophical thought, Buddhism, and jiu-jitsu to apply to your everyday life. Mark was kind enough to spend some time with us away from his full-time teaching job to sit down and discuss all things mindset, positive and negative thoughts, and how we can channel positivity in order to fulfill our purpose even more. I know that today's episode is going to leave a huge impact in your life, and if you could do us a favor, please share, rate, and review the episode so that we know the message is getting out there and we can continue to invite expert guests on, such as Mark. If you have not yet downloaded your seven-step guide to building a personal training business, mastering online training, and opening your own studio, head over to daveglazer.com now and download your free guide today. Additionally, if you want to join our community even deeper, we have a free Facebook group available. Simply just search Champion Success Group on Facebook now. And without any further delay, I want to introduce my special guest for the day, Mr. Mark Jenko. How are you today, brother? Good, man. Great to have you. Great to have you. No, great to be here. Thanks, Dave. Great to have you, Mark. (laughs) Well, we've gotten to know each other a little bit recently, and I know a lot about you, but why don't you tell our audience a little bit about who you are, and we could start with um, how we met. We met through jujitsu. Yes. Um, You just recently received a big promotion. Yep. Just got the black belt like uh, about a month ago. Which is insane. Still, still like feeling the vibrations of that. Yeah. yeah, sinking in. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's definitely something that I aspire for um, throughout my jujitsu experience and my journey. Oh God, yeah. It's a uh, it's, it's a huge symbol, and um, it's still it's still feeling the, the aftershock of the whole thing. It's it's, it's very beautiful. It's very humbling. Obviously. Mm-hmm. So, how long have you been uh, participating in jujitsu? Oh God. Over 14 years. Um, I was exposed to jiu-jitsu in the late 90s, uh, like right when UFC 2 was about, it was right around UFC 2, and um, there was a guy coming in from my my tiny little hometown, it's Jamestown, New York, and a guy had come in who was more of a sambo guy with a little bit of jiu-jitsu under Megaton and Haderigo Vage, and uh, it was insane because we were such a small little town and there was hardly any American anybody's at that point and we got to train up to that point though it was videotape <laughs> before he came around uh-huh. and um, that's how I first got exposed and started nice yeah nice and then uh, for the last 14 year- years you've been in Colorado training here yeah so then um, yeah when I came, yeah, I came to Colorado uh, in 2000 and then uh, got serious in jiu-jitsu like in 2004 with Dave Ruiz and in uh, the whole Colorado BJJ gang um, and then just been um, smashing it ever since. And I was with the Jeet Kune Do community as well, um, right around the same time, and doing Muay Thai at the same time. But then I, I dropped everything to the wayside and let and just focused in on Jiu Jitsu. Right. And uh, 
and you can't do jujitsu full time. So what, what do you do professionally? Yeah, my real job <laughs> is I'm a school teacher at a, I'm a sixth grade social studies school teacher up in Thornton. Nice. Yeah, and um, and I used to teach. You know, every once in a while, uh, I, w- I would have stints teaching uh, uh, classes um, of jujitsu or Muay Thai, and um, but that's my real occupation. Oh, and yeah, and I also am now an author, and that's another little side fun hobby thing. Right. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah. What's the title of the book? Inner Jujitsu. It's um, it is literally the title. It's like you know, it's internalizing the concepts of jujitsu as metaphors to like approach life and living and um, and I just bring to the you know people talk about that concept all the time in jiu-jitsu you know oh it's like life you know when you're in the mount it's like when life is crushing you and the techniques there's with certain type of mentality you in the right technique you can get out and I just take it a step further I, I use that kind of like life development philosophy but then I also go into like Buddhist philosophy and Hindu philosophy, yogic philosophy and, and tied in as well and um, so it's kind of a unique book. I, I mean, there's other people that are trying to do it, but I, I think I don't know if anyone has the the background. My background, my master's degree is in, in Buddhist studies and comparative religions, so I throw it in as much as I can. That's incredible. That's awesome. Uh, over the course of 14 years, what has jujitsu meant for you? Simply, and then let's expand on it. Um, the simple part, okay. I guess like an even chronological part. Um, it, it was this incredible physical art that delivered I think what all traditional martial arts said they would do which was that it allowed the weaker smaller guy to overcome a more powerful um, opponent or human being um, that was rhetoric prior to jiu-jitsu that never was true um, like you know I, I did karate I did Aikido I did um, Japanese jiu-jitsu and as uh, beautiful as those arts are it never really truly delivered in the truest sense um, in a combat situation. So, in the simple level, from a camp combat point of view, I learned how to kick ass and you know and to strangle people and to get out of bad situations. <laughs> on, on the deeper level, and, and as I got older, you know, injuries piled up. I was getting slaughtered by the the younger, faster crowd. I was no, and I had a family, and I just couldn't devote the time. And I just felt like my cardio go down, and just it was just harder to to stay up with the. The competitiveness of everyone, the deeper side uh, of ju- of jujitsu is what it's brought to my life. Like it's a, it's a it's a new metaphor to approach living, like how to how to get out of problems and how to problem solve, and how to uh, it's a spirituality for me. It's like how to you, you take that idea of leverage and sensitivity, and and focusing your efficiency, focusing mm-hmm. your strength on the weakest spot, and then. Approaching that to life has been the biggest journey now. So that's why I wrote the book, and it's been, um, it's the Obi Wan Kenobi version versus Luke Skywalker version <laughs> <laughs> of the Jiu Jitsu journey. <laughs> so that's, that's the contrast. That's awesome. So I'm a, I'm about two years into my Jiu Jitsu journey. Nice. I needed to get far outside my comfort zone two years ago. Mm-hmm. I was real stagnant in life, mm-hmm. in a relationship, and stagnant in business. Mm-hmm. And really just kind of struggling to find a purpose. Mm-hmm. And jujitsu came to me at the right time. Beautiful. Right? And yeah. I, I don't think I could ever give it up. You know, mm-hmm. like, you're absolutely right that jujitsu, when we're on the mat, teaches us lessons that we can apply to every single, everyday life. Mm-hmm. Business, relationships. But what it does to me is more of like an, a mental and emotional yeah. and a physical benefit too. So I'm a lot calmer yeah. and less intense off the mat. Because I get to expend all that energy and angst and 
confusion. Yeah, I guess absolutely. I get to spend that all on the mat. Yeah, and I get to learn my hard lessons right there for an hour and a half in class, and then thirty minutes of sparring afterwards. Yeah, I get to learn all my daily lessons there. Nice. Can you relate? Oh God, yeah. Um, I thought of a quote right as you were speaking. Uh, Tony Robbins says it all the time. Like, if you change your physiology, you change your psychology. Uh-huh. Or, you know, one affects the other. Yeah, of course. Just the physicality, I think, is what you're referring to in the beginning part of your, of your, your statement. Like, the physicality of, of jiu-jitsu is so unique and so powerful because it it's so lively. I mean, it, and it has this aliveness factor to it. It also has a death factor to it because, like, you know, you're, you're put into, a, like, this mock combat that simulates life and death. You know, and, and on a real scale. Willingly, I mean, too. Yeah, totally, right? <laughs> and because it's so, I mean, that is so freaking powerful right there. You're, 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 like, able to simulate some hardcore, you know, the death of, of the individual there. I mean, there's times when you're, like, about, to, you feel, you know, the, the tap is mimicking death, basically. Like, you're put in this horrible situation. And then physically, like, if you start getting so gassed out, you're, like, near death. And, and it that that incredible, like life or death drive uh, or simulating combat does wonderful, wonderful health benefits, <laughs> for lack of a better word. But psychologically speaking, man, I mean, it just it sets your soul on fire. And I think, you know, whether you're a man or a woman, that's really hard to, to, to mimic in everyday life. You know, basketball, I don't think it does it. Football, you know, I love those sports. Weightlifting, it, it just doesn't kind of capture that the... The, the this this primal living um, that I think is, that some people find inevitable they, they can't they can't put words to it but it's mm-hmm. like God I feel so alive yeah yeah because you almost died <laughs> yeah it's empowering it's for empowering one. Yeah. yeah for two it's invigorating yeah for three it's addicting yeah yeah and why why I love this conversation is that you can't think on the mat you have to that unconscious competence right yeah yeah. Uh, that's the level at which we can operate our lives in some areas I don't have to think about tying my shoes Mm -hmm. and there are some basic moves in jujitsu that you don't have to think about after the first three months Mm -hmm. the first six months the first nine months and we're constantly put in our place Mm -hmm. like there's Mm -hmm. always going to be somebody bigger faster stronger yeah yeah and then there's always going to be um, somebody smaller that's better that's stronger, that's faster, that has more experience. And why I, why I preface this question with that is that when you're on the mat, you can't think about what's going on at work. You can't think yes. about, so let's just take, for example, the, the master's degree that you have. You can't think about Buddhism while you're on the mat. Yeah. However, there's a correlation between uh, the mental focus and the mental health that you mm-hmm. get from spending time in a jujitsu um, journey. Mm-hmm. Does that yeah. make sense? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Um, God, you know, it's like uh, Lord Buddha will talk about, like, say, one of the the the, the big things that, that the Buddhism is all about is is selflessness and the idea that when you ascribe or you impute a self, an essence, an ego, uh, an idea, you know, to put it more simply, you could just say you put a freaking storyline that isn't true. And, and then if you live by that storyline, you get a lot of pain and suffering. And I think, you know, what you're saying, when you're in jiu-jitsu, when, when you're combating, when you're <laughs> yeah. sparring, yeah. Uh, you don't got time for the storyline, man. That's it's right. like you're in the freaking moment and you're, you're like reacting, hopefully in a good way. And if you're uh-huh. not, oh, well, you learn and do yes, it Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, we sometimes call that the flow state or whatnot or the, the selfless state because you are um, 
you don't have time to, to like you said, think in the, in the conventional sense when when it's a, a life or death kind of thing. And again, we're not, you know, it's not like real death, but it mimics it. Mm-hmm. And in your kind of like thrust in it and that sense of sparring that is so hard to, to copy in other sports, um, a little bit obviously with like spar- sparring like Muay Thai and boxing, that's that those kind of combats where it's, yeah, then you can mimic it, but you can also get injured. Whereas in jiu-jitsu, you can just go at it. You just tap and you do it again. You tap uh-huh. and you do it again. And there's your addictive quality. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, it, it really thrusts you into that that wonderful paradigm of selflessness in mm-hmm. a way or egolessness or ego death. Or just the, or to put it easier said, is just in the flow state and where you are reacting and out of a, a, a beautiful primal... Um, beautiful spiritual state almost you know yeah. whether you know it or not you might not feel it until afterwards you're like whoa where was I yeah. but, but you were there you know so <laughs> I, I love that that's that's awesome and it's some it's a big concept mm-hmm. that can be applied by experiencing the actual sport mm-hmm. and what I've gained from jujitsu over just a short period of time is this awareness yeah and why we're not thinking on the mat yet we're still completely present and we're totally aware with what's going on yeah And I'm aware that like I'm in a very dangerous situation. It's controlled environment, which is why we're here. Right. It's safe. Yeah. To an extent. Yeah. And it's as safe as we want it to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So say like somebody has their mount on me, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm aware of where I'm at at that moment. I'm not thinking about what's going on at work. I'm not thinking about what's going on in my relationship. I'm simply just thinking about either surviving, attacking, defending. Yes. I'm totally aware. Of where my body is in space yeah and completely present in that moment and I think that that's one of the best benefits I've gotten out of two years in the sport being totally present growing personally mm-hmm. because of that self-awareness yeah and I don't know if I can explain it any differently than that could you put it into better words I think the scenario spoke for itself um, it cuts off the storyline again uh, if, if I was gonna use like when I use the word selflessness, one of the, the three cardinal points of Buddhism, um, well, a lot of our pain and suffering comes from that storyline. You know, like, oh, she left me, or, oh, I got to do this, or this agenda, or this um, sense of proliferation and over-dramatizing everyday situations, mundane situations. And man, when you're, the way you described it, like when you're sparring, all of that crap goes out the window. There's singularity of focus. Um whether it's, you know, like just trying to survive or whether it's on the positive, like I'm attacking or um, neutralizing this person's attack. So that, um, and a lot of times you don't realize that incredible, what state you were in until you're out of it, until you, until you're like, you know, you slap hands and the match is over and then you go home and you have this kind of afterglow and you're like, wow, I feel great. Again, there's physicality involved. There was a lot of adrenaline being pushed and muscles being used. But the other part is, um, you're thrust into that very ideal but hard to reach state. You know, some people call it mushin, and there's oh god, there's so many great words, samadhi, and everything. But the uh, the point is like it's a beautiful state that is often spoken of in a very positive sense from so many different traditions. If you want to use spiritual traditions, they would say it's the mystical state. If you want to use a neuroscience point of view, I mean, it's like it's the it's the flow state, for lack of a better word. I, mean, I was just listening to a podcast on the way over, and these are like the ideal um, states of consciousness that we're trying to achieve. And, and 
I don't want to veer off on a super crazy tangent, but I'm reading Michael Pollan's book about uh, the use of psychedelics and um, in a positive way. And, and basically, like, there's these scientists basically t- talking about why do people gravitate towards psychedelics or how could psychedelics be so healthy? Because they could, they can elicit some of these like states that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Now, here we're here we're doing it in a, a very you know extremely safe, like you said, yeah. and uh, drug free way. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's 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 gorgeous. It's beautiful. I, and, and the fact that you said it's ineffable, you can't put words around it. It is is even more of a testament that these states are true, and that you can replicate it on a daily basis in an extremely healthy way, um, with other benefits too. I mean, That's we exactly mean, you know, right. the physical benefits too, yeah. not just the mental. So yeah, and it's ever changing experience. Yeah, uh, one day is not the exact same as the other. And how we arrive at that flow state, mm-hmm. the flow state is something that athletes experience when they're in the zone. Yeah. It's kind of like tunnel focus or tunnel vision, but they're completely aware of their entire surroundings. Yeah. They just know what to do immediately. Yeah. And what the advantage of this sport does for us is that we can replicate it yeah. day after day after day, right. and we can stay in that zone. But here's the cool part about it. You have to work for it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it crazy. doesn't just come. Yeah. Like... You'll you'll see somebody else's match going on, and it just seems like they morph into one person, and they're just rolling and rolling and mm-hmm. rolling and changing positions and changing positions because they're equally matched, or they're really just kind of relaxed and spiritually experiencing that flow state together. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, when you said the singularity of, I think, or maybe it was I said you said something about like um, single-minded focus, basically. Yeah. Um, Tunnel vision. Yeah, the tunnel vision. Yeah. That is a very healthy state to be in because if you track the mind, if you, if you like put it like an fMRI on a, on a human brain, when we're happy and when we're not happy, um, happy states tend to be singularly focused, basically. And unhappy states are, are basically when people are all over the place, like the ADD kind of mind. And so, again, this is yet one more kind of um, beautiful... Uh, characteristic of jujitsu is that it, it gives us that wonderful tunnel vision, it gives us that singularity of focus, and that's why you kind of feel so damn good, you know, like when you're done or in, mm-hmm. or, uh, during your practice, and mm-hmm. that's why it's addictive too. It's a it's a healthy healthy addiction. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to say that last part is that like it, the the studies of focus and happiness they're they're totally correlated. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the sport shows us time and time again that we don't. It never gets easier. Mm-hmm. We just get better. Yeah. And that's the personal growth thing that I've experienced the most out of out of the whole entire journey. Uh, working hard to reach the next individual goal mm-hmm. and then also working as part of a, a team mm-hmm. and a community. So that personal growth piece, yeah. I'm growing each and every single time that I'm experiencing something positive, yeah. negative, or arriving at that flow state so that I can get back into it at a later time. Yeah. Yeah. How much of your journey did you include in the book Inner Jiu-Jitsu? Um I only talked about my personal life at the very beginning. Um but the my my all my ideas and stuff, I mean that's obviously throughout the entire book and like this kind of discussion that we're having, I just put it in like um easier to read follow kind of, uh, I don't I wouldn't call it a narrative, but all of my like philosophical um, understandings and gleamings that I've gotten throughout either jujitsu or just from my own life experience, I have put in the book, and I try to tie it in with jujitsu as much as I can. Did it? 
I, I, even the most esoteric. I mean, there's a part where I talk about lucid dreaming, <laughs> and, and I related it to jujitsu. Um, and hopefully, the the reader uh, understands where I'm coming from. I mean, that it's it's a it's a pretty fascinating thing. I'll just give you a quick example, real yes, quick. Please. Like lucid dreaming. You know, like people. It's kind of fun if you get to pull it off. It's an extremely hard thing to to pull off, though. But the idea of lucid dreaming and the technique to achieve lucid dreaming, for example, is that you question your reality. You question your reality. So like right now, you ask yourself, am I dreaming? Am I dreaming right now? Am I in a dream? And you keep doing that. And then you kind of like basically like um, take the idea that your everyday reality is 100% solid and you start to question it. Oh, maybe it's not. And then that's a healthy thing because when something really crappy happens to you, you want to be able to question. You want to be like, okay, maybe it's not exactly as bad, as, as shitty as I think it is. That same mentality then you take to jujitsu. It's like um, someone's mounting you or someone's putting the choke on you and you're thinking, a lot of times we have a storyline that's like, oh, I'm fucked, I'm dead, this is it. But if you could reverse in the minutes before unconsciousness, right? If you could reverse <laughs> the thinking and be like, it's not over yet, I could push, I can get through, I can get through. I'm, it, this choke is not on 100%, I could do this you're questioning that sense of reality again. And so um, that's just like a little taste of what I'm talking about. But in the chapter, I, I talk more about it. But again, something as, as weird and esoteric as, as lucid dreaming relates to jiu-jitsu. Like it's all fluid. It's all part of that game, that dance that you're on the mat with. And, and that's just a metaphor for life. Life is also a dance. It's not to be taken 100% solid. And it can be reversed. I mean, that's what every successful human being is always trying to do. We're trying to find those things that we can manipulate and change if we were always going to believe our freaking thoughts we'd be screwed you know like uh especially the negative ones because we're going to have those you mm -hmm. have to be able to like have that belief that confidence that like no i can change things and that's what lucid dreaming is like no it's not real and so <laughs> same idea man like you know there's always a way out yeah i hear that we have about sixty thousand thoughts a day and most of them are untrue so if we're going to switch from negative self-talk to positive self-talk what kind of strategies would you recommend for us is that um, meditation or is that education reading podcasts yeah i would go more with the latter not the former uh, meditation is um you know like well okay there's a, two ways to say this meditation is not about obliterating your thoughts that's impossible however it is about not listening to those thoughts so that's an important part i would definitely say that but when we do things like um you know, affirmation or statements of power, then we are actively using our imagination in a much more positive way. Like you said, like we have 80,000 thoughts or 120,000 thoughts. And let's just say, you know, 90% of them are, are stupid and, and infantile <laughs> and dumb or, or in daydream land. They're not serving us. But that doesn't mean that we can't, well then if we're always daydreaming basically, why don't we just use the thoughts that would serve us? So let's choose thoughts or statements or storylines that serve us. Uh, you, you already have an active mind. So why not just use it then to serve you? And that's something that is, you don't find as much in Buddhism. You find it obviously in positive psychology. You find it in um, a little bit, definitely in yogic philosophy where there's like this sense of like a positive affirmation where you're building yourself up. In fact, there's, a, again, there's a chapter in my book where it's like how to become a god. <laughs> and it's about... There is a style of yoga called deity yoga, and it's literally positive psychology in medieval times. It's like you visualize yourself becoming a deity, you know, like becoming um, 
the Lord of Compassion or whatever. And what that does is that when you visualize yourself becoming this deity, you emanate energy that is far beyond human. And so like, let's just say it's compassion. Um, you know, as a normal everyday person, we might not be so compassionate. We might be super furious at the person that cuts us off and, and swear. But when you're like the Lord of compassion, the God of compassion and love and kindness, you're like, this is nothing. I love everyone. I'm so powerful. And you just emanate it. And again, you relate it to jiu-jitsu. If you use that same side, and people do it all the time. The champions do this. They, they will literally just like visualize themselves winning the match, before the match, during the match, and after the match. They have already got the, the, the trophy in hand. And I'm just taking that same idea and, and just applying it to jujitsu and to life. And um, I kind of went off the rails there on that. <laughs> um, we were talking about, oh yeah, positive affirmation statement. It's a power, <laughs> right? The idea that you can use this overactive mind in a positive way is very beautiful, very old. And is used in the most modern sense is what, what, you, what you're doing with positive psychology. Like you, mm -hmm. you can choose more positive con life literally life affirming thoughts that will serve you in your job and your relationship and your sport and everything so use it your, your mind's not ever going to shut off anyway so you might as well yeah, use it the, the mind, you can't quiet the mind um, and you said something key piece in there that I'm going to choose not to listen to that mm -hmm. I'm going to sift through the BS that I'm feeding myself yeah and what kind of what kind of life benefits do we get from that process oh man well you can take, our mind is our greatest ally and our greatest enemy. So, you know, we've all gone through the, the crapper where we go down the depression, you know, we have had the suicidal thoughts. We know people that have definitely gone on the negative side. And the, to answer your question, what's the beauty of this? The beauty is that you, you, for as much units of energy that you can have negative, you can have just as much units of energy as positive. So again, it's just the overactive mind yeah, okay, well, I choose the, the more positive ones. Why? Because they feel better, for one thing. And when you feel better, you perform better. And we're all about, a, the human being is, is nothing more than trying to feel good as much as it can all the time. Now, it can get warped and really ugly and nasty, or it could be really beautiful and serve your, not just yourself, but your family and to the, the world at large. I mean, we, we all know people that have used it and harnessed that positive quality uh and and it's just glorious when you see people that are truly like living the positive life for lack of a better word and applying it by believing positive thoughts and statements it is so can it's so contagious and it feels so good on 